So in this episode, we are joined by Pastor Larry, who brings us a word on Easter, the celebration of new life, the celebration with a focus on resurrection. He tells us symbols that we are used to seeing that have been commercialized, but he gives us the reason and the meaning behind those symbols. So if you're a parent and you are celebrating this at home and you want to share that, because that's how we we pass it on. We might not know it because no one shared it with us. So this is Pastor Larry's way of sharing it with us so that we can then share it with those we're celebrating with. If you would like to to join us at our campuses, we have a New Albany campus and a Palmyra campus. You will listen for those service times. We have services on, on Good Friday as well as a special service Saturday night and Sunday morning. So be listening for those times. If you want to connect with us, we would love for you to do, to do that through our Facebook Graceland Moments podcast group. But if you are not on Facebook, um, if you're not listening through one of the apps to listen to this with a podcast and you still want to get in touch with us, you can do that by emailing us at gracelandmomentspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you there and get you involved. Now enjoy this podcast with Pastor Larry. Hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments podcast. Today I have back Pastor Larry, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about Easter. If you were here a few months ago, he came on and gave us some really good insight on Advent and was able to go into a little more depth for that. And so he's joined us today to be able to do that um, for Easter. But before you do, I actually went into our Graceland Moments podcast group on Facebook. So if you want to, you know, this podcast is really about you. It's not about me. It's not about the pastors. Um, it's about you and and getting you the wisdom and the information that you need. And so if you want to be more involved in that, we would love for you to join us there at Facebook um, in our Graceland Moments podcast group. But I posed the question, what do you want me to ask this batch of recordings? And so I got a list. So thank you for those of you who yeah, shared those questions. Yeah. And so I thought because Easter is a little... Um, it's not, I don't want to say it's more serious, but it is. We're going to end on a serious note. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. I want to, you said, let's just ju- jump right in with these questions. Sure. Get to know you a little bit more, and then we'll we'll jump into Easter. Okay. Does that sound That's, good? That sounds great. All yeah, right. Thanks. So Pastor Larry, um, Jennifer wants to know, now your kids are grown. Right. But you parented many years. Right. Many children. Right. Four kids. Four kids. And... um. She wants to know, what was your greatest parenting challenge? So something that pops in your mind that was just really challenging that you had to, you and Elizabeth had to overcome together. Yeah, Jennifer, that's a great question. I think a lot of people ask uh, the question of how how does it look for us in parenting and what does it look like when you walk through? I think the greatest challenge for us in parenting and for me, that's be more specific for me, was consistency. Mm. How do you stay consistent? Especially if you have multiple kids, right? Yeah. How do you, how, they're all different personalities. They all function differently. They all, they all are created differently, unique that the Lord has created them. So they all respond differently to uh, dis- discipline in the family or family dynamics. So you have all those pieces that are in the family. So how do you, how do you stay consistent and what you're teaching, how do you discipline, how do you help them to understand and walk through uh, issues. We had two sons, two daughters, bookend boys, um, the drama inside that, the the difference in uh, how guys react and girls react, and then how do you stay consistent in that? I, I think that was a huge challenge. I think that's still huge. 
I do too. And yeah. you know, when you and Elizabeth, because you parent together, right? You both have your own models that you experienced growing up, but then you have to be consistent in certain things across the board. Yeah. But you also have to understand like their personalities are different, their love languages are different, and how can you reach but still get your consistent morals and values across to your children? That is quite a challenge. So any yeah. any sage advice you have since your children are grown and are doing great and have beautiful grandchildren now, well, you've got you. some great kiddos in your life. We are very proud of our kids and what where they are and what they're doing and our six grandkids that we're just loving and I think the the thing that we came back to time and time again, we've talked about it a lot, is that we really were trying to help our children and develop them to become good adults. Hmm. We weren't so much focused. We were focused on how they got through their childhood years and through their teen years, but really the focus of how do you develop good adults? Because that's what we were, that was our goal mm-hmm. to have kids that were good adults that made great adult decisions that became good parents themselves or good relationship builders themselves and had consistency in their lives spiritually. So working toward that, I think that was the goal for us. And I, that was very important. We've kept that in the forefront. How did we really want to develop them? And we looked at the end product of at some point they're going to leave home. They're going to be on their own. They're going to make their own decisions. How will we help through building consistency in their lives so they are good adults? Yeah. And, and I think sometimes as parents, we get so caught up in the moment. I've got this 10-year-old, they're doing this, or I've got this 15-year-old and they're doing this. And instead of focusing on, okay, how do we get them through this? Yeah. How do we train them toward being good adults? Choosing your battles and then using the battles with that hindsight you know, in mind, they're going to be adults one day. How is this going to affect their yeah. adulthood? If it, if it is. Yeah. And if not... Yeah. And I would say that for our family, man, 99.9% of the credit goes to Elizabeth. She was there with them. She was at home. She just did so much to have that stability in the family, mm-hmm. what was going on, and her consistency in, yeah. in leadership and in discipline and guidance and all those things. Really, so much of that was her. That's important. Yeah. That's really important. Huge. Yeah. yeah. All right. Question number two. Okay. Leslie wants to know, where did you grow up? What is your earliest memory? So I'm going to guess this. Okay. East Tennessee. No, Kentucky. East Kentucky. East Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Grew up in the mountains of Eastern Kentucky. That's right. Um, my dad worked in the coal mine for a long time. Uh, he had a heart condition very early on. He uh, he actually had rheumatic fever as a little kid, so he had a heart condition. So when he was 40 or right around that time, he had heart attacks and never worked outside the home after that. So he was at home a lot in my growing up. My mom worked outside the home, uh, some, not a ton. Um, so we lived in a whole different kind of world. Yeah. We lived on a, what I would say, a dirt farm in Eastern Kentucky. We had the animals that we got our food from. We had the garden that we got our food from. Uh, we had a coal mine on our property that we got our heat from. And so it was wow. a very different kind of culture. Um, but one that really, you know, I think really shaped me into who I am today and other things about my own life that came through that. So an Uh, early memory, would it have to do with your dad being home or with the farm or? I think my earliest, uh, I've got a lot of early memories. I'm not sure which is the earliest, but, you know, growing up in that time period, that for me was the, as a little kid, uh, early sixties, right. And in Eastern Kentucky, 
my early one of my earliest favorite memories I'll, I'll say it that way is um, we didn't have a television in our home uh, only a radio and that sounds like I'm super old <laughs> and I am I get that <laughs> uh, but it was where we were also yeah. right and uh, one of the early ministry men, men, memories was uh, listening Kentucky basketball with with my family because on the radio radio, we would gather together my two older brothers were at home at the time my sister wasn't home at the time and uh, we were gather for uk basketball games um and listen to uk games every every game my dad was just a huge uk fan and um, so we would we would listen to the games around the radio. That just sounds That's so a, old, doesn't no, it? No, but it, it's so Jeez, cool. And, and, but you just you know fast forward a few decades, and and people are doing the same thing just around a different medium. They so I love true. that. I love yeah. that um, that image. Last one, very simple. Yesterday, yeah. um, we're recording this at the beginning of March, and I know this is not very serious, but I I pulled on Instagram, and people are really serious about their peanut butter apparently. And yesterday was national peanut butter day yeah i heard that and so my question is smooth or crunchy um smooth you you said that almost like you didn't care people are passionate about their peanut yeah i'm not that passionate i can go either way smooth or crunchy works for me if i'm choosing i choose smooth but i can also do crunchy without any problem i love peanut butter and peanut butter bananas are the best you know smooth peanut butter with bananas on it that's my favorite. All right. Now yeah. you're starting to glow. Yeah. Now yeah. you're starting to I glow. I love that. Now I'm getting ready for lunch. That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's 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 shift gears a little bit. Okay. So you are here to, um, now a 20-minute podcast can't hardly do Easter justice, but yeah. um, in your many years of, of preaching through the gospel and our th- what Easter implies for those who believe, right? It is right. a right. it is a foundational truth right. to what we believe. Um, you have asked to come on her, or I've asked you what you wanted to focus on, and you said Easter. So you have uh, some things you would like to share with us, and I'm just going to be your sounding board. Okay, good. Good deal. Well, Easter is such a big deal uh, for the believer yeah. because it really is such a foundational piece of who we are because of what it represents, right? And Easter, in at least in our American culture, has become somewhat commercialized over the last maybe 80, 90 years. Not a long time. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been that commercialized for such a long time, but it has in, in recent years. Most of our memories, for sure, uh, it's been a commercial piece of what's going on and what Easter is. and But there's so much symbolism behind that. And Easter is not new, right? I mean, Easter and the celebration of Easter has been gone, going on, recorded uh, from early Christian history. There's just, there's, it's been recorded early on that the Christians were celebrating the resurrection. And that's what we celebrate. Um, and the word Easter itself coming from a couple of different terms, uh, Latin terms, which often means new life or celebration of that new life. Um, someone connected to the pagan holidays of the spring, but that really wasn't the truth. The early Christian church didn't connect it to pagan holidays. You read that sometimes in secular things about Mm -hmm. Easter, but it really was related to the new life that's found in Christ. And so it was related to Passover, 
Obviously, Jesus speaks about that, uh, and that's what we talk about at the you know at the the Lord's Supper, for example, is that that Passover time. Mm-hmm. So it is connected, and that's why we've we it always moves. You know, like Easter is never the same week right. like some of the other times. We think, oh, that's a holiday. Yeah. Uh, Easter is related to Passover, and it's related to actually the the full moon and the harvest time and some of the things that are going on, the planting time, the freshness, those kind of things mm-hmm. that are happening. Um, so. Easter was in its purpose to celebrate the fo- focus on the resurrection. And the early church, as far back as we have recorded from the early church, they were celebrating Jesus' resurrection on a special time of the year. Now, as believers, we think, okay, Sunday is the Lord's day. Sunday is the day Jesus raised from the dead. Um, and so we celebrate every week that he is alive, and that's what we do. But Early history said that they were celebrating, the earliest Christians were celebrating a special time of the year when they were talking, and it was always related to the Passover. One of the things that's really interesting that's it's hard sometimes to, to decipher, that we live in the Northern Hemisphere, right? So Easter is springtime for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you live in the, in the Southern Hemisphere, Easter is the fall. Right. So yeah. if you go to South America and Brazil, the Christians there are celebrating Easter, but it's not spring, it's the fall. So it, it's really interesting, interesting. to look yeah. at historical things as related to Easter around the world. It's not an American holiday. It's a global celebration of the resurrection of Christ. In the South, Southern Hemisphere, Easter is related more to harvest than it is to springtime. Uh, for, for us, it's just the opposite. Yeah. So, but the that's why the focus has to be on the resurrection, not on just, oh, these particular things. Now, there are some similarities wherever you are, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, there's some similarities about Easter. But it has to do with the Passover, mm-hmm. and it has to do with that whole idea of of very fact that Christ died on the cross. You know, as we walk through the Holy Week, mm-hmm. starting with the triumphal entry of Christ and concluding with the resurrection of Christ, Christ and then mo- moving toward then the ascension of Christ. Yeah. So, well, thank you for that. Um, quite a rundown. There's a lot to that. There is a ton to that. And, yes. You know, you mentioned how it has changed over the years and it's now much more commercialized. You know, we can commercialize anything to make a buck, right? Right. Um, and we certainly have. But, you, you mentioned some Easter themes like within that and some symbols that are actually have been commercialized, but that actually have some truth and some symbolism. So I, I'm thinking of some parents that are listening now mm-hmm. who want to partake in the commercialism because it's fun and, and it's a way to, to celebrate when family's around, but also to be able to share the actual symbol behind, say, an Easter egg for their, yeah. for their child. So give us some of those symbols and what they mean um, so that maybe we can have some, some words to say to our children as they're enjoying their candy. Yeah, I think that's very important for families to be able to do, to walk mm-hmm. through those symbols because they are fun and they are good uh, and they can be enjoyed, but they also can be very purposeful, yeah. right? Easter egg, you mentioned that. The Easter egg is not new. The Easter egg has been a part of Easter celebration for many years. 
uh, many, many years. Now, some would say that the egg itself being celebrated was even before Jesus. There's some written things about that because the egg has that symbolism of new life. Mm-hmm. That's that's the symbol mm-hmm. of what, what new life is. Now, for the Christian who begins the Christian churches in the early years, I mean, I'm talking back in 200, 300, right? They began to accept the egg as new life and use that wow. as a Christian symbol. There's some recorded time for the early church when they would actually start dyeing the egg, but they would only dye the egg red because it had to represent the, the blood, blood of Christ. Okay. Yeah. And so they would they would use red to dye the egg. They would talk about the blood of Christ. They would talk about new life in that. They would celebrate the egg, um, and they would be able then to celebrate the new life that came from the blood of Christ. So it's been used in lots of ways. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to remember the exact date and late 1200s, one of the English kings um, actually um, one of the, and recorded where an English king took, I think, like 500 eggs and and put gold leaf on those eggs at Easter time wow. and gave it to his royal subjects, you know, the people who have royalty in order to celebrate Easter and the royalty mm-hmm. of Christ, not the blood of Christ, but the royalty of Christ. So we have seen that progress in lots of different ways, but it's a good symbol of Easter. Yeah. It's it's a real symbol of Easter. I've heard also the symbolism of the empty tomb. And this this makes me think, my mom, now nowadays you, you hard boil them and you dye them right. and they're safe. Right. But I remember when you would like poke a hole in them and you give yourself a headache trying to blow the blow it egg. Out. <laughs> right. That's right. We've done that. <laughs> we in the would past. sit around the table. Yeah. Um, but the symbolism of when you do that, it's it's empty inside. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was interesting too. So if you're going to blow the egg out, which you better prepare yourself and, yeah. and use a, a yeah, thick nail right. for that yeah. because it can be very difficult. But that's you know something else you could talk about with with the empty tomb. Are there another? Is there another symbol or res of the of the empty tomb? Well, that the egg itself is is a part of that whole new life okay. and the coming of new life. Mm-hmm. Um, another symbol though that's very important to, and we've kind of lost that a lot is the Easter lily. Uh, yeah. You know, we used to have Easter lilies mm-hmm. more, but historically, the over the last several hundred years, the church has used Easter lily, and a part of that has been um, the very idea that it comes to life, but the purity of it, the white Easter lily, mm-hmm. had to do with the purity of Christ, mm-hmm. and we've kind of lost that symbol a little bit. We don't see that as much now as we have in the past, right. but for many years— um, that Easter lily was a, was just a big part of what that was like and, and being able to talk about the purity of Christ and who Christ was and how we have new life in Christ. And, and so that, that became a symbol that uh, was used a lot in churches. You might remember growing up that there'd be Easter lilies around right the around front the of cross. the church. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'd have them around the cross. Mm-hmm. And that was an important time because, again, it, it, had this, it didn't symbolize the new life even though that was part of it, it symbolized more the purity of Christ in in his life and his death. Um, and that's that's important for us to remember, too. Easter is a part of that. I mean, obviously, when we think about the Passover, you think about um, another symbol that became early on in the church was um, the symbol of a lamb. Mm-hmm. And so you see that a lot around Easter time. Again, 
for us in this culture, we don't see it as much. In a lot of other cultures, you will. You'll see the lamb being used a lot, you, you know, where Jesus uh, is referred to in John. Um, when John the baptizer said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so the lamb has been used a lot uh, over decades, centuries of being the focus of the church and what that what that means for Easter, because it had to do again with the sacrifice when yeah. when Jesus became the Lamb and His body broken, His blood spilled, so that we could have we could have life in that. So that's a symbol that's very very important to the church. Also, why do you think these symbols now, with the exception of the Easter egg, but like you said, even we've distorted the Easter egg. You yeah. know, we fill it with candy. Right. We um, we we put whatever we want on them and we don't really consider what we're decorating them with. And it's more for decoration than for, for symbolism. We have come a long way outside of these symbols and what they mean in the church. Is that, do you attribute that maybe to the commercialism? Um, Do you think people are just not doing this where we share what it actually means? And, and so therefore it's not able to be passed on. Um, I think going back to, I hear the theme of a lot of colors, right? They dyed the Easter egg red to represent the blood. They, uh, the Easter lily is white to represent purity. Um, and I think even, you know, even in, we just don't see that a lot. We don't. And I think, I think exactly what you said is very true. I think we've moved away from, um, well, I think the whole secular culture has moved us to, it's a holiday that we celebrate no matter if you're a believer or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in cultures past, centuries past, it was very much a Christian holiday. It wasn't accepted by pagans. It wasn't accepted by non-Christians. They they didn't celebrate. The church celebrated Easter. Those who were followers of Christ celebrated Easter. And, and the church. Now, when I say the church, I mean the Roman church, the Catholic church, then the Protestant church, and all, but, but it was the church mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it became just a holiday, right? Um, like, for example, in, in the UK, uh, they don't celebrate Easter as a holiday. It's a bank holiday. It's not a religious holiday because huh. they use their bank holidays in a different way. But the church, now, they, they put it at the same time because they know that the church is going to be celebrating Easter. But for, a, for the culture, they, they call it just a bank holiday. So everybody has a holiday. It happens to be Easter for the church, but uh, we've secularized that yeah. in so many ways, and yeah. so we've lost that. and And the church has seemed to adopt that somehow, and we haven't taught our our families, hey, that here's some real important symbolism. You know, one of the things that uh, that we all do, for example, another symbol uh, is Easter. Okay, it's Easter, and we're buying new clothes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. New new Easter clothes. Easter, the Sunday yeah. best on the, Easter. On on Easter. Might Sunday. be the only Sunday you wear a church uh, right. I wear a dress to church, right. but it's gonna be Easter Sunday. Right. And it's a new dress. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um and why is that? Well, even back through century that had a purpose. It didn't just happen for commercialism. It happened because uh, when you think about Easter in whichever culture, whether you're or whichever South America, North America, wherever, you're thinking of new mm. and fresh. Mm. And so the symbolism of, hey, I'm getting new clothes for Easter was a symbolism that I am recommitting myself 
in the freshness of the Lord. That was the symbolism mm. of of buying a new outfit or having new clothes made. If, I mean, if you go back centuries right. ago, they were doing the same thing. Yeah. They were having they were having fresh clothes made for the spring because they were entering the spring, or they were having fresh clothes made for the fall. And uh, and so why? Because it's Easter. It's fresh. It's new. It's a time to recommit to the newness that we have in Christ. So the church kind of led through that. Yeah. Um, but we've we've kind of lost that too. Yeah, we have. That, that just comes yes, out of have. that. So and matching, it all has to match. Well, yeah. If you have little kids, for sure, <laughs> yeah. right? That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So I I remember as a little kid talking about memories. I remember uh, one of the early Christmases where I got my first Christmas hat. You know, and I I got to wear that Christmas hat to church on, on that day. Yeah. Fun. Grew up in a church that was very small. We just you know we had. Um, was kind of down the holler, one room church, two little Sunday school rooms. We had a pastor that came through every two or three weeks and preached for us, you know, so the other time somebody in the church would preach. Uh, but Easter was a big day yeah. because we would gather and Easter time in that small community where I grew up, uh, we would oftentimes come together for Easter service. The community would be together. And oftentimes we'd have dinners with family, uh, not just our family, but extended family and church family. And everybody had on that new outfit, new you know, and got my first hat for Easter, yeah. you know. So you said it, Christmas hat. Did you mean Easter hat? Easter. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Easter. Not not Christmas hat. Easter. Easter hat. Easter hat. Yeah, my first one of those where I could wear it for, for Easter this Sunday. You That's know, it was fun. a big deal. That's fun. Uh, Let's talk about gatherings, though, because it is a big time of the year that people get together with their family. There are people who that's when they choose to go to church. They make sure to go to church on that day um, to celebrate at church and then big family events. That's right. a big thing. In light of everything that's happened this last year, talk to us about what that looks like for Graceland this year, how it might be yeah. different and what people can expect. Well, obviously, this we didn't get to celebrate Easter together last year. We did not. Uh, we celebrated online, which was a whole different experience. It was. This year, we're getting together again. And so we're thankful, so thankful yes. for that. We'll still be doing our online for those people who feel that they're just not comfortable to come back in a gathering yet. Uh, we're excited here at Graceland because we're going to be doing a Saturday night uh, service on April the 3rd, which is the Saturday before Easter Sunday morning. We'll be doing our Easter Sunday. We know that some people won't be able to come on Sunday mm -hmm. uh, because of a number of reasons. So we'll be gathering on Saturday evening at five. And then a new thing for us this year, we are going to be doing a 730 service on Easter Sunday morning, not a sunrise service, but a full Easter service. And it will be mask required. Okay. Everybody that comes will be required to ma wear a mask at mm -hmm. that 730 service and keep the mask on the entire service. Because mm -hmm. we know we have a lot of adults who just don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. uh, coming back in a surrounding yet and we want to make that as comfortable because they desire to be together yeah. and together for Easter Sunday for sure. It's just a special time for for believers and for the church. So we'll have that at 730 okay. and then we'll have our nine o'clock and 1030 service as we're doing right now. Um, Which for those, if you're listening and you've never at attended in person, the nine and the 1030 services, you wear your mask in the church, you wear it to your seat, and then you are free to remove it. Correct. So yeah. that's and the we'll, difference between that and the 730 service. Right. 730, we'll be asking people to wear the mask the entire time yeah. uh, so that people feel comfortable. And then our Palmyra campus, we're actually doing a sunrise service there at 7 a.m. They will be doing a sunrise service outside, weather permitting, uh, and then they'll do the 9 and 
1030 at, the, at our Palmyra campus too. And then we'll be doing online, our, an Easter time online. And then actually we'll be doing special things during Holy Week online too, which will uh, just help us to celebrate. So we will do, like you said, the the events leading up to the Sunday morning service or Saturday evening service. Right. Um, but we, what about Good Friday? Yes, we'll be having a Good Friday service in person. Uh, in person, okay. Uh, that's seven o'clock on Friday night. It'll be a very special service where we'll be focused on um, really the the death of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a more uh, somber service. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be focused on the reality that on Good Friday. Um, is the day that Jesus was crucified, yeah. right? So we'll be we'll spend time focusing on that with the Lord's Supper that we'll have that evening also to just remember that in the Holy Week on Thursday night, Monday Thursday is what that typically is called, was the night that Jesus uh, celebrated with the disciples yeah. the what we call communion or Lord's Supper. So we'll be yeah. doing that on Good Friday. So yeah. it's got a great week planned for us as uh, we get into this. Lots of options yeah. so that we can celebrate. Um, all the things that we see about Easter and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what we get to celebrate, right? right? It yeah. is a celebration. It is. But That's it's exactly it's the right. time between the, what I've heard be called the, the worst day and the best day. Yeah. Uh, and those days in between. And, and it really allows us to, um, not that we shouldn't be serious year round, but it really allows us to sit down and really reflect on on the sacrifice uh, unfortunately it, you know it reminds me of if you have something that's meaningful to you and you put it next to something else that's also meaningful to you it almost loses its value you know because it's yeah. so close to something else so you know i now we're really good here at graceland at every sunday being a celebration of life and right. a celebration but there's something so special about the Good Friday service leading up to the the Sunday morning service that um, it's really hard to put your finger on it until you are it can experience it yourself. Yeah, you're right. It really is because it's it's not it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. It's your emotional piece that you get to connect to the Spirit of God with. You know, you you remember and recall the the death of Christ of what He has gone through, and then on Sunday you get to celebrate that we don't live in that fear because that's what the resurrection is it's you know it's overcoming fear and death Mm -hmm. and we get to celebrate and we do that every week you're right because it's on sunday that's why we join together on sunday it's the lord's day and we are here to celebrate what what he has done in our lives by giving us new life by being able to celebrate his resurrection so it's good stuff i'm excited about it's gonna be a good time me too and i'm glad we can celebrate last year was very strange i'm glad we were able to to watch it online and digitally we were able to do that but it was weird it was was different. i'm happy to to celebrate in person this year and i appreciate you taking the time to to talk to us today about this and give us the symbols that we have been used to seeing for years for decades maybe all of our life but to really understand the symbols behind those so that we can share the meaning and and help pass it on yeah I think that's so true, Jenny. I think I think that becomes part of what we do as Christian parents is helping our children understand mm-hmm. that it's more than just Easter in the commercialism world, but yeah. there's some great Christian value to those symbols that have to do with the resurrection, the newness of life, and what we find in Christ as we follow him. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much. Well, that's all we have for today. So glad you could join us, whether you're watching us online. Yes, you can watch us on the Facebook app if you watch it on apps or it just in Facebook. We do have a Graceland Moments podcast group. If you'd like to be a part of that group, if you'd like to to 
be a participant in giving us some questions and getting to know your pastors and your leadership better. We'd love for you to join us there. Um, or if you're listening through Spotify, Apple, wherever podcasts are, we're just glad that you are here with us today. Hopefully you were able to uh, get some more information, maybe about coming to Easter. Maybe you've never joined us here at Graceland. We'd love to have you either at our New Albany or our Palmyre campus. Or if you just want to check us out online, we'd love to join uh, you there as well. But we're glad you were here this week and we can't wait until you're back next week. And until then, take care.